Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy convos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting. Bring your father back to the house and change the dynamics of, the, of what a family looks like. So that's what I want to do. Show my wife, show my boys on a pedestal and say, hey, this is what family looks like. We're not perfect. Do we argue? Yes. Do we have some times when my son gets me upset? Yes. Do I upset my kids? Yes. Do I upset my wife? I do. But we have to stick strong together and say, hey, this is who we are. We are fully open and transparent to you. Let's get mom and dad back in the household. And that's what we need to do. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Dante Palmer. In this episode, we get into the behind the scenes on Squat for Change, which is the nonprofit Dante started after a photo of him perfecting a dad squat in a restaurant restroom went viral because there were no family changing stations. Now I am your host of the Elevate the Vibe podcast, Katie Berlin, and sitting with me is my very handsome co-host husband, Jason Berlin. Yes, I'm your co-host, but this is more like a 100-100 thing, right? We view this partnership as 100-100. Well, at least that's what I I tell you. It's really 51%, 49%. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I probably should talk to our tax accountant and just make sure that whenever you (laughs) filed your articles of incorporation for this Elevate the Vibe podcast that uh, I'm not getting shafted later on here. (laughs) Yeah, because we are just rolling in it and I am hiding that from you from this podcast. So if there are any sponsors out there that would like to sponsor us, we are totally open to that. But on the topic of sharing responsibilities in a household or when it comes to parenting, how Jason and I view this topic is that, yes, everything that we do is equal. There's no real, like, as the mom, I handle this. And as the dad, you handle that aspect of parenting. I do the dishes one night. You do the dishes the next night. Well, kind of. Well, it's like I eat the food, (laughs) then you do the dishes. Right, yeah. So I make the food, you eat the food, I do the dishes, I put Sammy to sleep. I mean, it sounds like a pretty even partnership. It's very even. It's it's completely even. You watch the housewives, and then I am putting away his toys. I think this is a great... What we have going on is just perfect. You missed the part where I also eat Numino's. (laughs) Yeah, Numino's. Oh, they're back. They're making a comeback from (laughs) the previous episode. I think if Numino's is interested in sponsoring a podcast, maybe you should uh, get in touch with our people. (laughs) Meaning meaning us. us. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. But the reason that we bring up this aspect of parenting and how we have decided to take on and tackle the responsibilities of parenting, I know every family is different and every family has something that works differently for them, but the narrative of the father being a part of the process and present and in the household hasn't always been the narrative. And Part of Dante's mission, yes, with his nonprofit, Squat for Change, was initially a movement to have changing tables in all men's restrooms. That was the catalyst, is that, hey, I'm a dad. I need to be able to change my son's diaper. Why is there no changing station in a men's restroom or our dad's not involved? So that was the initial start, but as time has continued on from when he first founded Squat for Change, which was just a few short years ago, he has now realized that the narrative is much greater than changing tables. It is about 
the father being present in the home, the narrative around dads and what their participation looks like when it comes to raising their children. And as a father, I feel like Dante is an inspiration. He's just so motivational. He has a positive attitude and he's just someone that I would like to be like when I grow up, even though he's probably only maybe a year or two older than me. Um, I think he's like... Is he younger than me? I think he's like seven years younger than you. Okay, well, maybe if I could Benjamin Button myself here, uh, <laughs> maybe if we can hang out at some point, I can get some more pointers. But uh, anyways. So we recorded this episode back in March and a lot has transpired, which makes Dante's story even more powerful and his mission more powerful about the narrative regarding fathers and even black fathers in the home and having equal representation across media, across conversations, wherever it may be. But this is really the work that he's doing and the cause that he's championing and the reason that he started Squat for Change. There's two notes that I want to make about this episode. At the end, of course, we always love to ask our guests where you can find them on social. And Dante did change his handle from Three Boys, One Goal, which was his personal handle, to Dante Palmer Official. So I'll link that in the show notes, but it's now Dante Palmer Official if you want to follow him on IG. He also references his book, which he says will be out in June. The book is ready. It just hasn't been released yet, but the title is Born Again. And when that book is released and available, we will link it in the show notes for everyone. So without further ado... Dante, come on down. Let's welcome him to the show. <laughs> Can't take me anywhere. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. We're very honored to have you. And we would love for you to introduce yourself to the Elevate the Vibe audience. Hello, Elevate the Vibe audience. My name is Dante Palmer, CEO, founder of Squad for Change. But um, I'm more than just an advocate. I'm a husband, a father of three boys, um, and we as a family push a, an, um, a campaign called Swap for Change, and we are fighting for um, changing stations in public restrooms across the world. So um, that's who we are. We just um, want to make it work for moms and dads and um, people who aren't parents that, that are caretakers. Um, so they can have those resources in every um, establishment they go when they walk into. Very awesome. Yes, I mean it's quite quite a cause, and it has really grown since it was October 2018, right? When you first yes, yeah, about a year, I guess over over a year and a half, pushing two years. So it's been a long time now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So just a little backstory. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about where you grew up and how everything evolved to where you are now. Wow. That's a, um, a, a complex question, um, but I was ready for it because I, I read your question. Um, <laughs> I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I was really raised in Philadelphia, PA, um, where there are it's an urban community um, and they have the stereotypes around these urban cities. Um, and I fell into those stereotypes. What it means to be uh, a black child growing up in an urban, uh, urban city, couldn't have much, we were struggling. You know, the stories that people talk about, I kind of fell into those, those narratives. Um, just trying to find who I was as a kid. Now, I wasn't a bad child. We just didn't have anything to really put us forward in life. So we didn't have too many dreams. Well, I guess I'll take that back. All, all you could do was dream about what it was to be a better person. Um, so I, 
I took for I took what I didn't have and applied it to my life. You know, I went to college. You know, I went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania, just 45 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. Um, after graduating, I moved to New York to chase this freelance videographer career, which was a flop. Um, it was it was a great time, but it was just New York is so expensive. Even if you want to be an, an entrepreneur in New York, to me, it's impossible. Um, it's just a headache after headache. Um, and then I moved here to um, Jacksonville, Florida, because my mom was living here. And as a 28-year-old man, still not knowing who I was as a person or as a man. So I moved down here to Jacksonville, Florida, uh, living with my mom in her one-bedroom apartment. I crashed on her couch, some nights with the floor. Um, and I was just like, what am I doing? I'm 28. Uh, I have one child. At this time, I have I had a three-year-old son who lived in Philadelphia with, from my previous relationship. And I said, I have nothing. Who am I? What am I? Um, uh, what is my purpose? You know, and, and I can even take it back a step back prior to me turning twenty at the age of twenty-four. I wanted to commit suicide. Um, so I'm like, all right, what do what, I have? No purpose. I've been growing up in Philadelphia. I went to college, came out with no job. And I'm still struggling. You know, they told me, the world says, you know, go to college, get a degree, you'll be a millionaire. That wasn't my case. So it fell on me. Then I got into a relationship, had a child, wanted to take my own life. And then I was like, you know what? I moved to New York, still trying to pursue this career of me, trying to be this ultimate, you know, David, you know, Spielberg somewhere, and trying to be a, a, a content creator. And it wasn't working. Came to uh, Florida, then I met my wife um, on, on Tinder. Um, still living in my mama's apartment. And then this time I was like, okay, I have a beautiful woman. She is, you know, executive director of a, a nonprofit. So she's making big money and I've seen it outside looking in. And I was like, you know what? I was always told to provide for your, your lady, provide for your woman. So even in this moment, I still didn't feel, enough. I didn't feel like I had enough. Like how can she, why, why would she want to date a guy who she, who was dating, who was working at a, um, at Retro Fitness, is like a workout gym, and I was making smoothies for the clients walking in there, eight dollars an hour. Why does she? Why does she want to be with me? Why does she see me? Who am I? And not until I would say about the age of thirty, I sat down, and um, this is full transparency. I even writing this in my book. Um, started seeking out therapy and counseling. Like I need to figure out who I am as a person, and. And that's when the last three years has been the best part of my life. And then like when I started um, finding who I am and I started coming into myself like, wow, I am a great father. That's when Squawker changed out of nowhere, just kind of blew up in my face. The same guy who was hard on himself, the same guy who was like, I wasn't worthy enough to be a father at the age of 24, trying to take his own life. And now I'm leading fathers around the world to be better dads. And it's just, it's just a reminder that you know, even if you're going through something, just keep pushing forward, uh, push push your own goals. Whatever you have in front of you, just keep fighting and it'll come to fruition. And that's where I am now. I'm just so honored to be alive and just so excited to be a husband and a father of three boys who look at me like they're a superhero. Your wife must have really saw something in you. I mean, that you didn't see in yourself. It was there. Yeah, it was just it was waiting to come out. And yeah, I mean, you're you're saying to yourself, well, what does she see in me? You know, why would she want to be with me? But she saw it. She knew it was there. Right. She saw yeah. it. And I mean, it was, it was a lot of um, arguments, a lot of pushback. Some days she even, even questioned herself, you know, am I, am I here? Am I are you the right person? Like, am I even, you know, am I doing the right thing? And some nights she told me, you know, some nights I wanted to walk away, but I was like, he, 
when you talk and because I'm also a spoken word artist. And when you do poetry, your your true emotions come out. The, the guy I fell in love with come out through your words. So I'm trying to find who that guy is. And she stuck around and now she's ripping, reaping the, um, the harvest of, of her hard work and putting into my life because she's now getting the guy that she fell in love with. And we tend to be so hard on ourselves. Like we could come up from a situation where someone else could look at us and say like, wow, you know, you graduated, you moved to New York, you're pursuing your dream. But deep down, you know, you're like, this is not fulfilling for me. Like this isn't creating any connection for me from the exterior someone like a neighbor that used to grow up with or you know someone that you grew up with might look at you and be like wow like look what you've accomplished but you're like no it doesn't it just doesn't feel good right i mean even in the even the last two years i also like and then you guys reached out to me because you see a great campaign and you know it's been globally viral and this celebrity and this congressman and this mayor reached out to me and it seems like Pampers and PG gave me a contract. Um, and it's like, wow, this is the guy to talk to. Um, but from my eyes, it's so stressful. It's, it's a, a great opportunity and we, we're running with it. But some nights I'm like, hey, you know, is this what we really want to do? We have to invite the world into our bubble. You know what I mean? Um, we have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning because we have an interview with Australia or India, who are in different time zones, so I'm giving so much of my life out, and we don't see, and to be honest, we just don't see the return, you know what I mean? I put so much hours in, and it's like, okay, you know, do I have to find another full-time job? Is, do I step, do I take a step back and push squat for change full-time? You know, I'm a dad, and I think people see that, but it's like, okay, where's the finances at? I have to be financially set and stable to take care of the boys that you guys are in love with, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's a balance, but we're figuring it out, and you know, just day by day. But it's, it's something that it changed our lives, and we're going around with it. And I want to talk a little bit more about Squat for Change for anyone who is unfamiliar with the cause and your organization. Right. Just how it came about, the story behind, really the right. photo that changed everything, and from October 2018 to where you are now, what has transpired with that. Wow, the last few years has been, it's been mind-blowing. Um, when, when the first, October 2018 was when I posted the picture. My son actually took the picture of me changing his younger brother, my youngest son, on my lap in a restroom without a changing table. I didn't know he was taking this picture, um, and we went back to the table to eat. He showed me the picture, I was like, hey, whatever, who cares about this picture? He took a picture of me changing brother. Who the hell cares pretty much yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Um, like, yeah great all wife, right next all right. right okay let's let's eat um my wife said you know she said her thing you know this is kind of it's crazy how you know there are these tables in women's restrooms without men's restrooms and that was a conversation to be honest um two weeks later i'm going through my phone just kind of bored watching a game i come across the picture and i say you know what it is an interesting picture let me just go ahead and post it on instagram and just get a reaction and I got the reaction I wanted that day, um, about two comments, maybe a like, and that was it. It was, all right, I got my point across, right? And that next morning, I went to sleep, and the next morning, my wife woke me up and said, hey, you need to check your phone. Um, and I kind of woke up. I'm not a morning person. And I'm like, hey, you know, what are you waking me up for at 6.30 in the morning? Like, I guess, this better you know, be good. <laughs> it, it better be important, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess my mom was calling her, so she answered. Was like, I think Dante has caused a, a great viral sensation. I'm like, but for what? So I looked at my phone, 
my my phone is like really spritzing. I never seen. I thought my phone was crashing. So many notifications, calls, voicemails, text messages, Instagram, Snapchat. Everybody's trying to get in contact with me. So answer one two or two number, and it was the Washington Post. Um, still to this day, I have no idea how they found my phone number. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and they were so excited to speak to me. And they say, "No, well, let's let's talk about your viral picture." Um, my question to them was off record. Am I doing something negative for you guys that want to talk to me? Because I have no idea what do you what do you want to talk to me about? Yeah, what's your intention? Yeah, were you just really advocating for the the lack of changing tables? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) But am I really right? (laughs) So I mean, Yahoo, BBC World News, the Ellen DeGeneres reached out, their staff, Steve Harvey staff reached out, national radio stations were all reaching out. So I was like, you know what? Let me take a step back and let's form a nonprofit. And I had no idea what I was doing, trying to figure out how we can grow this movement. Let's try to figure out how we can enhance what's going on. And that's when Squad for Change was born, a nonprofit organization that, you know, we we're fighting and advocating for the lack of change stations in public restaurants. Um, but within that time, we had a ton of celebrities. Jessica Alba reached out to us. Uh, Jessica and Jerry Seinfeld, John Legend. Um, Megan Good, it's a lot of different actors, actresses, football players from the NFL who I, who I don't know were reaching out to me saying, wow, congratulations, you are really making a move and, and for a push for fathers around the world. And to be honest, when we first started, it was really solely for men's restaurants. Um, but when you fight for a cause um, only for one certain um, person, then you have opposition. You have people who are mad, who are upset about it. So a lot of moms have become, this is a sexist movement, you know, why we don't have, you know, changing tables. So I have to take a step back to you know what? It's a true argument. It's a true statement. Uh, I can walk into Chipotle right now and there's no changing tables in either restaurant. So why am I advocating for myself and not another parent? And then when we did that, made the switch, that's when it took another step of greatness. I mean, we had moms, dads, the LGBTQ community was reaching out to me. So now we're fighting for that culture. And then we had fathers from, I mean, Afghanistan, Iraq, um, Tokyo, Japan, China, Mexico. When these fathers started reaching out to me, sending me pictures of them squatting for change and support, I'm like, wow, we are really changing the world. And that's more laws for the changing. So we had a mayor from Tampa City, Baltimore, New York City, who have changed law inspired by Squat for Change and is required to have those changing tables and newly renovated bathrooms. So as we are building our rapport, you know, brands like Pampers called to say, hey, you know, are you making a change? How can we help you? How can we partner with you to make a bigger impact? And that's what they did. So Pampers have bought 5,000 changing tables, equivalent to a million dollars to put in restrooms in Canada and America. And that's where we are now. I think the next thing is we had a TED Talk that was supposed to be this Saturday, but it was canceled because of COVID. Um, but we will, we, we have a Netflix. We're being featured, featured on a new Netflix show on April 17th. So that's a great way for you guys to learn a little bit more about what's going for change or see the picture um, that went viral. And yeah, we would love your support. Yeah, I saw I saw the trailer for Black AF. It looks so good. Like I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see like how you're featured. Um, a couple friends right. sent it to me, and uh, I was like, I'm actually interviewing someone for the podcast who has like a feature on there. They're like, No way! I can't wait till that episode. Yeah. I was like, Yeah. And, and the thing is, I'm 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 scared because I just don't. It, it seemed like a comedy, and we don't know the logistics of how they're gonna, um, you know, show that picture. 
Yeah. But I think it's all in, it's gonna be good in ten. I think it's gonna be good. So I'm I'm a, I'm kind of nervous, just like everybody else. <laughs> so awesome. I want to talk a little bit too about even the premise, like kind of rewinding back a little bit about the squat in general. So the idea when you started Squat for Change is that there really are not a lot of changing tables in men's restrooms. So right. so many dads have had to get creative in ways that they change their children so you sort of perfected the squat which is the photo that your son took yeah i got some i got some good thighs now i'll tell you that (laughs) i was gonna say like uh, mad props to you for that squat because i'm terrible at squats so like i probably would have dropped my son right on the floor he would have like you know would have been a giant mess thankfully uh yeah i just that's, yeah, uh, I feel like I if, got lucky if for like if you're like figuring out ways where this would go in the future, you have like a workout video in the future with yeah. like squatting, Get like some wall spandex squat. and a bunch of dolls. <laughs> yeah, a little you know. Now maybe uh, um, squat for changing like it could do a partnership with some squat. Yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> That'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, a little like hashtag squat for change with the just do it. What a Nike on it, right? Right, just do it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 just do it. That's awesome. But with this squat, then if you search the hashtag squat for change on Instagram, you will see all of these men around the world who have, you know, sort of a frustrated look on their face because they're in a position where they're trying to change their child, like, you know, laid over their lap, you know, and if anybody's ever changed a child before, like with a soiled diaper and like a squiggly squirmy little person mm-hmm. and all of their clothes like it's not even easy on a changing table it's not easy like it's not easy at all and you have to have a a good mindset you know what i mean because people think it's a picture sort of like, oh well, it was liam he's he seemed comfortable but he was two i think he was turning two and he was squirmy it was it was a, it was a mess it was a it was a headache you know what i mean it was frustration and i don't think no one sees that part i mean it was a good great picture but you have to look at the behind the story well, what really happened and it's just neat. We need to start needing have to give dads and moms these resources because it's tough to change an infant baby, like you said, on the changing table, but let alone in a squat position against the wall. So yeah, I mean, so many times in a public restroom, you don't want to touch anything at all. Yeah. Like exactly, like, you don't even want to put your back on the wall. You're like, don't right. don't touch anything. Yeah, it like, almost kind of looked like a wall squat you were doing there. Were you against the I wall? Think- or were you? I was leaning against the wall. My back was against the wall. I can't do a squat without a wall because I would have uh, have been a fail. So it's really wall squats for change. (laughs) Wall squats for change. (laughs) You did talk about the partnership with Pampers, and I heard a little bit of that backstory where you had uh, saw the commercial come through where it was John Legend and I think Adam Levine were featured and – Pampers was really telling the story where you're like, hey, like, why am I not a part of this conversation? Like, this is something that I wanted to be a part of. And then you you sort of mentioned that. And very quickly, they reached out. They're like, wow, we're we've been trying to find you, which. Yeah, with the minute. Um, It was actually a commercial during the Super Bowl. Um, I emailed them and I, I will say came on the football game came on for about another three or four minutes. Then when a commercial break again, Pampers was already emailing you back. So it was within five minutes. It was really quick. That's and they amazing. said, um, when I went to New York to meet with them, they said when I emailed them on Instagram, they were having a uh, like a viewing party at PNG. And one of the girls said, hey, we got Dante Palmer just emailed. And she said the whole room just erupted with joy because they were looking for me. 
I was like, well, you should have found me. I'm not that hard to find. <laughs> well, Washington <laughs> Post found you in like easier. five minutes. <laughs> was that relationship prior to the legislature that came out with New York where within the city they made that move to install changing tables so, in all restaurants? So New York happened January 1. I didn't come in contact with Pampers until about February. We didn't start solidifying the deal until about June. So it was law changing right prior to even Pampers could come, come on along. So. so how were you involved in that aspect of it with the city of New York? Um, it was really no hand-to-hand um, connection with New York. They reached out to us and said they were just inspired by the movement. And he just kind of had what it had in this you know, proposed law. I think the only city that we walked hand-in-hand with and had more input was Baltimore and Tampa. Um, they called us, they're like, this is what we're doing. We would love for to speak on the bill. And we, they went ahead and did it. But they did, they did most of the work. We just are. And the thing is, we can't really push politics and, you know, laws because we have to have a lobby. It's lobbying with a nonprofit. It gets kind of tricky with that. So we have to inspire lawmakers to change law. So we inspire lawmakers. So <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, if when yeah. you think about the work that a lot of people put into trying to get bills passed or laws to push yeah, through, right, like right. it's pretty cool that they were inspired by you. And it really is almost like a basic, right? Like as individuals, we can just walk into, you know, almost any place that's serving food where we'll be able to use the restroom. But like, if you think about a little baby like sure they have a diaper on but like they should be able to use the restroom absolutely too. i think and the argument the argument is deeper than that it's like you know we have a lot of restaurants these days they will you know preach family friendly what does family friendly really mean you know what i mean it's not crayons and crayon in the coloring book when you first enter a um a restaurant that's not what it means it means your rest your, 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 your eating area but also your restroom area and your whole establishment it's your, it's your, it's your screen family and they don't so that's why that's our argument. We go to these Chipotle's or even McDonald's or this Burger King. It's like, hey, you know, you're a family-friendly restaurant. Just add that um, resource to your bathroom, and you guys will be on board with everybody else. So when you think about some of the like old-school McDonald's that would have like a million-dollar play place built in there, but they don't have a <laughs> like a changing room, like that's right. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like what <laughs> or like uh like a, like a, i've been to a couple of zoos like you are inviting babies to come see your animals um and i have a whole that's i have another, another ted talk for that one but um <laughs> we need changing tables and kid-friendly um, areas and that's what we are fighting for so it'll work out we're going we're going to get it done I saw that in one of the articles your oldest son who you said is now 13 uh wanted to be a baseball player But after he saw a lot of the work that you were doing, he said, I'm really sort of inspired by you. And I think I want to help people. Right. So like he wants to be a um, little politician now, you know what I mean? Or, you know, a change maker. And I'll say, you know, you don't have to wait until you get my age. You are actually doing it now. By taking that one picture, you created change. You sparked the um, the vision or the visual of what it means to start a movement. So um, even when I speak on, you know, these, media channels or podcasts i have to give all credit to my boys because without liam being a baby with a diaper on i wouldn't be in this predicament without isaiah the oldest one taking that picture i wouldn't be in this position anyway so they are the change makers i'm just i guess uh, an adult voice because they don't need cause i don't need consent to talk <laughs> so, i'm that guy that push their story so that's what we're doing that's a pretty cool way to think about it like you are 
already doing it. You don't have to wait till you go to college. Like you can make a change Mm -hmm. now. I mean, we see young people in the media that stand up and have a voice and you know, it's, that's pretty cool. Like that lesson already for your child. I mean, our, our son is, he'll be turning two soon. So, you know, he's young, but just thinking about it in that way. Yeah. You can already do this. You are already doing it. Right. So even like the Netflix thing coming out, um, you know, I got the email. I told my, my wife and boys, I mean, this is, this is you guys accomplishment. I'm just, I'm just, I guess I'm creating a legacy, but you guys are making this happen. Um, so they are on Netflix, not me. That's, that's, you should see yourself when you see it, when you see me. And that's what they see. That's awesome. A lot of the work that you're doing now, are you still teaching also? I'm not. So we, um, I had transitioned out from teaching. I work at um, a, a company downtown and I help out other nonprofits. It's like a nonprofit hub. So that's what I do now. I'm just trying to figure out the balance of where Spot for Change is going to take us and, you know, continue working professionally. So that's what we're trying to do. We're just balancing out right now and just kind of trying to see what Spot for Change takes because we don't know what's next. You know what I mean? Especially with the COVID thing happening, everything slowed down. Um, we don't know how much of a spark Netflix is going to give us after this. You know, how big is the TED Talk going to be? You know what I mean? But we have some things on a pipeline. We try to figure out as soon as this virus clear out, where do where do we stand and how can we get to where we need to be at? So. Yeah, because we were hoping that this interview could have been an in person interview because you had that trip potentially to San yeah, Diego. Yeah, we were we were coming to San Diego in June, so that conference got um, canceled. I was actually going to also fly to New York for an award show. I was getting honored for like I guess father of the year, and that got postponed. So there's a lot of things that have been pushed back because of this virus. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear about. I want to hear about the Father of the Year award. So it's um. So I don't think they really um. I'm claiming I'm claiming it to be the Father of the Year award. They don't have an exact title yet, but I told them they're going to name that award the Father of the Year award. <laughs> that's what I want. Um, but it's an organization in New York called Carlton Men, and he have a brunch every year, and they are honoring different men and women who are you know well, pretty much different men and fathers who are making an impact in the world. And he came across my campaign and said, you know, we want to honor you for an award. And they're only trying to find the biggest, I guess, one of the biggest celebrities they can get on their hands to present that award to me. So this should be happening sometime in September. That's pretty cool. I mean, how does that feel? It feels great. I think, you know, some people come up to me, ask for autographs, and I guess I'm famous, I guess. Um, I still have a hard time of accepting that word famous because I'm so humble. And then, you know, then you guys know a little bit about my story, about my back life. You know, I come from nothing. And now we are, um, I'm going to say, oh, you know what? You're famous now. It's really hard for me to accept that title because I know there are a lot of Dante's, if you know what I mean, back in Philadelphia who doesn't have. So my main focus is how do I get my, the people who live just like me out of the community versus me sitting on a pedestal and claiming fame. So that's where my battle is at. But some people are like, hey, just claiming you work hard, you have the title, live to it. But, you know, it's a battle that I'm going to have to deal with myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I could see how it's like, you know, two sides of a fence in a way. It could right, be hard right. to sort of straddle that. Like, I grew up outside of Baltimore. Jason grew up outside of D.C. You know, we're familiar with the lifestyle in neighborhoods that maybe are not, you know, as as privileged as parts of the country. Like, 
you know, if you're living in St. John's County in St. Augustine, that's pretty, that's, or I'm sorry, in Jacksonville. Um, my mom lives in St. Augustine, so I'm familiar with the area. You know, it's a nice area. We're living in LA. Like it's a nice area. Like we know what that can be like for people that may not have. Right. Yeah. See, see yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things I just gotta, you know, just, I have to really walk slow when it comes to titles and just be humble. Cause that's the one thing that, you know, Squad for Change, Squad for Change stands for. We want to remain as nonpartisan as possible. You know what I mean? I don't want to be this big Hollywood celebrity and then I can't reach the local human person. That makes sense. And I don't want to be too local and so human where I can't meet, I can't reach out to the legislators and the famous guys. You know what I mean? So I just really have to re- keep this balance. So when someone say, are you famous? I say, you know, I'm just, I'm just a change maker. You know what I mean? I think that kind of like puts me in the middle for people on both sides, you know, what we respect this guy. And I think that's why Spot for Change is so growing because we fight for everyone, you know, whether you're white or black, Democrat or Republican, you know, gay or straight, Muslim or Christian. If you're a parent and if you want to see resources in our restrooms or resources to in your hands, period, come to Spot for Change and we can make that happen. And I think that's why we're growing, you know, day by day. And that's the beauty of social media too, is that you have the power to broadcast a message that quote unquote comes from like a local community or just normal everyday people. But then it can be amplified to the point where you're making enough noise that celebrities see you. Like I saw that T.I., saw uh, or reposted something like I am a big TI fan. So like I saw that, I was like, holy (laughs) like, and he's a good example of someone too, who has leveraged his celebrity to really advocate for change. If you could create this to be whatever you want, what would that look like for you? Well, I would change the image of what family family looks like. I think a lot of times, even with um, the image of a a black family, we don't, we don't have too many, um, examples on television of what a black family looks like um and then it, again you have to be careful with that because when you start talking about race all the time people are like, fighting for the white family i just want to see families and the thing is you look at numbers you would think that the black father is absent more so than a white father or in um, you know, the Asian community but it's not that's not the case i mean i see a lot of fathers who just ask for some of the children's lives um a good fact is that there is more children in America that have pets than they have fathers. It's, it's a weird mm-hmm. ratio. So was, there are a lot of fathers that are out the household. So bringing father back to the household changes the dynamics of, the, of what a family looks like. So that's what I wanna do. Show my wife, show my boys on a, um, on a, on a pedestal and say, hey, this is what family looks like. We're not perfect. Do we argue? Yes. Do we have some times when my son gets me upset? Yes. Uh, do I upset my kids? Yes. Do I upset my wife? I do. You know what I mean? But we have to stick strong together and say, hey, this is who we are. We are fully open and transparent to you. Let's get mom and dad back in the household. And that's what we need to do. So I love that message because there's no like one size fits all family look. I mean, I grew up in a blended family. Jason grew up in a blended family. My family has um, mixed races within it in my immediate family. So when I was growing up, people would say to me, why do your siblings have a different last name than you? And why don't you guys look like in his family? Like we all love each other. We're here. Yeah. I spoke, I spoke about blended family a while, a while ago too. I, I, I'm in a blended family as well. Our oldest son, uh, my oldest son, Isaiah is uh, biologically not mine, but, um, and it's, he has a different last name and my other two sons have my last name. My wife has my last name. So he's the one that kind of sticks out like a sore, I guess, um, to the world. 
But in, in our house, the word step is not allowed in my household at all. I think it comes um, when we go to like football games and he has um, his, his last name, Wells Thomas, on his jersey. And everyone's like, oh, I, well, we call him Mr. Palmer. Then everyone has questions. I thought that was your son. That is my child. Um, we got guys different last names. Who who cares? And I don't get into the logistics of what it means. Um, I'm telling you, that's my son. He's saying he's calling me dad and father. Let's keep it right there and let's keep moving forward. I think the world sees blended families and want to put narratives on it. And I think that's what makes it bad. You know what I mean? If I'm telling you this is my son or this is whatever I want to tell you, I can say, hey, this is my, this is, I want to, he wants to be a banana today. This is my banana. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you out my mouth and be confident in what I'm saying to you. So um, I just I just think the world is so um, old fashioned and so traditional. We have to catch up. So a lot more acceptance across the board of just how families come together. You don't necessarily have to be blood at yeah. all, but just that root in love and caring for each other is really what it comes down to. And just seeing the image of a man changing a baby just by itself is so mind blowing, you know, cause even years ago it was just only women would do that. So like I just became a father two years ago and it's something I never thought about. Then I see your picture and I'm just like, we all are in this together. Yeah. And I think, I think the media has a, a, a huge role in playing that, that play, I'm showing that, that image that fathers just don't, are, we aren't caretakers. You don't see too many. And, um, and then when you do, I mean, this is me looking at watch TV all day. And then we do see, you know, fathers taking care of a child as a gay father. Um, nothing against it, but it's like, we're, we're like, my thing is, my question is, what is masculinity? What does it look like? You know, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Do fathers take care of children? Do we have to be, you know, gay to take care of our, our families? We don't, but uh, gay fathers, they do, but they are straight fathers. They are, they are, you know, all types of different fathers taking care of our babies. So show those fathers. And I think when the media catch on and start showing us in a different role, then that gap was it will diminish completely in the next few years. And I, but I just think they have an agenda they're trying to push, and it's just not, you know. So I get, I think this, but they also help the squad for change stay alive, I guess, in a sense. But I'm gonna try to figure out a way to help talk to them and try to bridge bridge this gap together. So such an important message. I love that you see this as something that's so much bigger. Like maybe you don't necessarily know yeah. how it's going to get there, but you see the vision of that. Yeah. It's just, I just think, you know, uh, I, I come from Philadelphia, predominantly black community, and I don't really, I mean, if someone told you they don't see color, they lie, because you guys know I'm black, I know you guys are white, but it's just, what you what do you do with that context, you know what I mean? I see, but my thing is you have to see beyond the color, and that's what people should start saying. I see you as, I see who you are, but I see beyond that. I know we have different cultures and different backgrounds, but let's talk, because it's something when we start talking, we're going to connect on something, and when we connect on something, um, we're going to grow. And that's when, that's why Squad for Change is so important because no one can negate the fact of a parent wanting to be a great parent. And that's when we all connect and grow together. So that's right. That's wow. awesome. That's powerful. Yeah. Yep. If yeah. you could leave the audience with a key takeaway, what would that be? Man, it goes back to the beginning of our conversation. Just know, know your worth. You know what I mean? Um, I was I felt unworthy for 30 years of my life. The last three years has been about by far the first time I felt liberated. Um, and I can say, know your worth, know who you are. If you if you're scared, it's okay to go out and reach out to sit down and talk to a therapist or uh, go vent to somebody. Know who you are because the moment you know who you are, everything around you will start falling in place. Like you said earlier, 
you know, I seen that I was unworthy, but you guys said, well, Dante, you know, you went to college, you moved to New York, you did this, and you went to Florida, you know, who travels that much? But even with my traveling, I still felt unworthy. So even if, another thing, if you feel that you're unworthy, go ask someone next to you. What, do you, what, are, what are the good things you see in me? And take it for what it is. And then take those good things, write it down, and make sure it manifests for yourself so you can see it. So I would say, man, just know yourself and know your worth and make it work. <laughs> and what a powerful message to share with your children, too. I tell my boys all, all the time, go get it. You know what I mean? It's nothing, it's no excuses. You want to go do it, go do it. My son, I think every day he changes his career path. Football player, baseball, or Donis. I don't, I, oh, Isaiah, <laughs> Banana. what do you want to be, what do you want to be when you get older? Now, back to a football player. The thing is, so I want to, I'm going to support that. You know what I mean? So whatever you want, go get it. And I'm going to be there for you. <laughs> what is a resource that you have? It could be a book, a show, podcast, t- TED Talk that you would like to leave for the audience. Um, I would say my Instagram. I mean, the, the Instagram page that went viral, that um, three boys underscore one goal that you can, you can say updated, learn more about my family. Um, and when that TED talk date come out, I'll definitely shoot you guys an email and it'll be on my, my Instagram page as well to update the following. Um, so we can, you know, hear more of my story. I gave you guys 2% of my background, but I'm gonna put all of it out. And my, I'm right, I've been writing my book. I have three chapters in, um, I have like seven more to go and it will get in more detail of who Dante is and the struggles I went through and why I'm so passionate about Squad for Change. Squad for Change is so much more deeper than the changing table. And I have to let that be known. It's not about changing tables no more. Is it? Yes. In the, in the forefront, we have to put those tables in, but behind that it's about knowing your worth, connecting family, bringing dad back to the household so we can grow together and stop looking at color and look beyond a person and build with that person or the community. So, and when are you anticipating that the book may be out? I mean, I got nothing but time now. So <laughs> I, at first it was about October, but I have nothing but time to sit down and write. So I'm, I'm pushing for June. That's my, that's okay. my goal. I, you just got to give me a goal. Push it for June. Okay. Well, <laughs> even though we're recording now, this will most likely be a June air because we're right, cool. you know a little bit ahead of schedule. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll be right on time. We'll be able to promote yeah, that. Let's do it. So if I get it, I can tell you guys to go ahead and put it in a uh, somewhere and promote the book as well. But I'm praying for June. June. I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. right. And then outside of your Instagram, also, where can everyone find you to learn more? Oh, Squad for Change across the board. So squadforchange.com is our website. Um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, find us on Instagram. Um, That's where we are. Squad for Change across the whole board. You can't miss us. (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dante. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We love the cause. We love what you're doing. Thank you for joining us to elevate the vibe. Yeah, thank you so much. Guys. All right, thanks, Dante. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. Hey there, vibe hype babes. If this podcast has brought you any value, please rate and review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're feeling really generous, share with a friend. Visit us at elevatethevibe.co for show notes on this episode and previous episodes. This podcast is intended to educate, entertain, and inspire. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. And as always, thank you for joining us to Elevate the Vibe.